Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, me and Ty and Sean and uh, both mine and Ty's boys, we went to a branding one time and it was the first time we, we knew the people, but you know, he was working on a ranch and, um, they invited us down there. So we went down there and anytime you go to a, to a new branding, you, you just, you know, there's, there's like this push and pull that, that you want to get in there and help, but you're not exactly sure every rancher kind of does things just a little bit differently. Their pins are set up a little differently. And so you have to find the balance between getting in there and helping and and then kind of staying back a little bit to kind of see what's going on. And, and, you know, at our brandings or, or the brandings that we go to a lot, we know how it's done. So we help others by getting in there and, and kind of explaining what we're doing or something like that. But we went to this branding and there was a lot of, um, when we got there, there wasn't very many people because, you know, you go to a branding, you know, if they say start at 6.30, you're, you're late if you get there after 6. And so, you know, we were there at like, you know, 5.45 or something. And and uh, we got there and we thought, man, you know, we're going to do like 200 calves that morning and it was going to be a good day. And, and the closer to 7 o'clock that it got, man... More trailers started pulling up, more trailers started pulling up. And I thought, man, there's going to be a lot of people. And sometimes it's, you know, uh, too many cooks spoil the stew kind of thing. But, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't our deal. We was just there to make a hand. And so anyway, the, the first thing that we did is we went out and gathered uh, a couple of small traps and pushed them into the pens. And then at this branding, we were going to pull the, uh, separate the cows and the calves. And it was a rope and drag branding. And, um... So we get in there and, and they start, they start pulling the cows off. Sometimes they'll, they'll run them down an alley and just separate both of them as they go. But, but today what they were doing is they just push them all into a corner, pull off a few cows, run them around the backside and through a deal. And so there was too many people in this pen and, and I'm trying to help, but stay out of the way. There were some guys in there that was sorting. And so one of these guys is on the other side of the fence where the, in the, in the pen that the cows are going into. And so I'm, I'm like the closest one to him. I'm the furthest away from the cows. And this cow comes and, and like what happens sometimes she starts going good. And so the guy's pushing her turn around. And just as soon as they turn around, she turned around, right? Well, I'm watching them come behind me and, and I know better than to move my horse at that point, because if you move your horse as a cow's going to go through a gate, what's she going to do? She's going to stop, right? So I'm kind of watching like this, and she goes behind, and I think Ty might have been sitting close, or maybe Sean, and everything. Well, she stopped, and this dude's sitting right across the fence, turns, and I mean, he just climbs me. Man, pay attention. That cow just turned back. I was like, ooh, Okay. I may be a preacher, but I still have to bite my tongue. And so I was like, mm, okay, okay. You know, your old heart rate gets up a little bit because there was a time that I just dragged that fellow over a pipe rail fence and we'd have come to Jesus meeting. But I didn't, I didn't. 
I'd take his tie down off his horse and tie it around his neck. That was an inside joke. Some, some people got it. And so anyway, uh, we're sitting there and sure enough, man, he, he's just telling everybody what to do, everybody what to do. And here in a second, he's so busy telling people what to do. He lets like six cows go back out of the pen and he makes eye contact with me. You want to know what I said to him? I winked at him. (laughs) Sometimes that's the best thing you can ever do. It's just, and I'm not talking about just a little low. I'm talking about it. You know what I mean? So I thought, well, you know, maybe this dude's like, you know, super puncher handy, you know, and everything. So we get out there and we're not in the first uh, group dragging or anything like that. And, but this guy is, he doesn't have leggings on or anything. And he gets out there and, and he's got his, his, uh, rope and his tie down and he goes in there. And I mean, he just swinging it like he's at the NFR picks up one leg high hawk, just dallies and just comes with it. And we're like, what in the world is this? So like, we're running up to the calf, you know, not, not wanting it to get pulled very hard. Cause you'll hurt one like that. We kind of looked at him and he just bowed out his chest because he didn't miss, right? He brought like three quarters of them just like that the whole time. And so anyway, it was our turn to rope. And so we get in there, pick up one foot, let it drop off. It's easier on the ground crew if you bring them by two. It's easier on the the calves if you bring them by two. So, you know, we, we didn't ever bring one if it wasn't by two. And so anyway, he got to flank for me one time. And anyway, I picked up two really, really nice shot. Just as he was taking that spot, uh, Stephen, that's ready. And uh, anyway, so as I went by, guess what I said? Nothing. But I winked at him again. (laughs) You know, it wasn't trying about being better than somebody else. I don't really know what he was trying to prove by telling everybody what to do and, and all of that, but it really wasn't working. But you know, I think that's the goal of every cowboys that they want to prove themselves. We, 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 we're always striving to prove ourselves and, and, and maybe, maybe not just necessarily to others, but to ourselves as well. We start out by wearing the right clothes. We get the truck and trailer and all the right tack. Ty went to a branding one time and there was just a few of them and he was like man this is going to be a long day and then a couple of guys pulled up and man they had on the right kind of hat kind of Ty's kind of hat and you know they they had all of the gear right you couldn't catch nothing just made a wreck out of everything he was so disappointed I felt sorry for him I thought I was gonna have to put him in counseling but, but we dress the right way, right? We, 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 we get the right tack, we get the truck, we get the trailer and, and we learn the language of the cowboy, right? You start saying old son a lot nowadays because you've been on Instagram too much. Right, exactly. Talking like super punchers all the time. Everything, does, everything a cowboy does is so that, you know, we don't want to appear as a greenhorn, right? Same goes for Christianity. We get all gung-ho and, and, and dress up the right way in the right kind of clothes. And we get the Bible and the bumper sticker, right? I mean, that's, that's the first thing we do. 
is get the Bible, get the bumper sticker so everybody knows you're a Christian. We learn the language of the Christian. It is a different language. You start saying stuff like God won't give you anything more than you can handle. And that's crap because he will. Okay. If you could handle everything, you wouldn't need God. So he'll always throw stuff at you more than you can handle. I talked about it today. We start praying for travel mercies. I don't even know what that is. We have unspoken prayer requests. I mean, there's like this different language that we start speaking as Christians. We start saying stuff like, well, we love the sinner, but hate the sin. There's all these things that we do to try to prove that we are who we say we are. But being proven is a lot more than words and what you look like. Proven is what you do, not what you say you're going to do. Proven is another way of saying mature. Proven is another way of saying that you're mature. The Bible tells us that we are to strive for maturity. It tells us that we are to move beyond the basics and into maturity. And this was actually one of the points that I made last week. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. I have not been able to quit thinking about this at all. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Can you believe that the Bible would say that? To quit going over the basics of Christ again and again? Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Do we really need to talk about stop doing what you know you shouldn't be doing? And do we really need to talk that we need to have faith in God? You don't need further instruction about baptisms or the laying on of hands or the resurrection of the dead or eternal judgment. I mean, they're saying that all of these things are foundational, but, but you, you can't live on a foundation without walls and, and stuff like that. We, we should have these basics down, but, but we've got to move. We've got to put those basics into practice in order to move beyond them. Not only does this, does this passage end with move forward to further understanding. It says, man, we don't need to be going over this stuff time and time and time again. And, I, and the reason I can't quit thinking about this is because for a lot of my ministry, I have prided myself on talking about Christ, the basics of Christ again and again and again. I have thought I was doing a good job by talking about the fundamental importance of, of uh repenting from evil deeds and placing your faith in God. I thought I was doing a great job by, by talking about baptism all the time and, and, and the, the, the power of prayer and, and how that we will live again, even after our body dies, we will live again. And if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, man, you're gonna spend eternity in a place you don't wanna go. I, I made up a lot of my ministry at that. And, and a lot of times I felt like I was proving myself that, that I knew what I was talking about, but maybe I didn't, or maybe I did, but may, maybe it's time we take the next step forward. Maybe it's time we take the next step forward. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So what is it that will move us forward to further understanding and keep us from being dull and indifferent? See, I didn't say that. I mean, I, I just said it, yes, but I didn't come up with that on my own because um, in verse 12, that's exactly what it says. If we don't move forward, we will become dull and indifferent. That yes, those fundamental things will save you, but they will not grow you. 
man, you know, sure, if you want to be a cowboy, you, you got you to gotta have the right kind of, of clothing. If you think you can ride all day in a pair of shorts out in the brush, I guess you could. Not going to work out that great, but you could. But, you know, we wear the hats to protect us. We wear the long sleeves. You know, everything is, that we wear is, is for protection. And you got to have a truck and you have a trailer and you got to have a horse. I mean, there's all these basics that you have to have. But just because you own a truck and a trailer and you got the right kind of clothes and all that stuff, that's not going to mature you. And just because you, you are saved, that doesn't mean that you're done. So what is it that will move us forward? What is it that will move us forward? I usually, anytime I have a question, I try to let the Bible answer my questions. And in Hebrews chapter six, verse 11, the writer of Hebrews tells us exactly what will move us forward. And not just the next step. He gives us something that we should do the rest of our lives. This is the only thing that will mature you. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts. It doesn't say that we must move on from loving others. It says that we must move on from all of that basic stuff, which is the foundational and, it, and it's great. But we got to get beyond that and we got to start applying that. And the way you apply that is by loving others. If you want to mature or be proven, it won't be in what you believe in, but in what you love. Oh yeah, I believe in God, prove it. You want to say you love God? Prove it by loving others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbors as yourself. I mean, that, that is what Jesus talked about over and over and over and over. And yeah, he talked a little bit about prayer. He talked about faith in God. But what did he talk about more than anything else or nearly anything else is do not be afraid and love others. But on the way to proving yourself, you'll have to remember six things. And these six things, I believe, are very vital to your maturity in Christ, the maturation process. First is God's not gonna move you forward until you do what he's already asked you to do. And he is patient. I have a lot of people that come to me and I've felt this way before. I came to this realization or God told it to me, however you wanna say it, because I felt like this, I felt stuck. I felt like, man, I'm still reading my Bible. I've got faith, I'm praying, I'm doing all this stuff, but I still feel stuck. And then God finally said, well, why haven't you done this? Well, you know, listen, <laughs> it's kind of like this. God's not going to tell you to do something and then you not do it. He goes, oh, never mind. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Let's find something else more enjoyable for you to do. He's not going to do that. He, and, and you know what? He's usually only going to tell you once. Because I think every single one of us knows exactly what I'm talking about whenever I say, you're not going to move forward till you do what God has already told you to do. Now, I don't know what that is in your life, but I believe that you do. There is something that you know God has been leading you to do and you haven't done it. You keep hoping that he's like, a, like our earthly fathers that'll forget about it. Oh, you don't have to do that anymore. You forgot about it. That's fine. He's like, man, you're not, I'm not going to move you forward until you do what I've already told you to do. And you don't get ahead by loving the people that are easy to love. The Bible says that. You don't get no credit for loving people that are easy to love. You only get credit for loving the ones that you don't want to love at all. And you're not going to move forward. 
You may move side to side, but you are not going to move forward until you do what God has already told you to do. The second thing that you have to remember in proving yourself or becoming mature is that proving yourself won't happen overnight. Man, I see so many people that, that, that come to save the cowboy and, 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 they, and God says something to them during a service or, or a podcast or online or something. And they're like, they get all gung ho and want to get involved. And what can I do? Man, you know what they're like? They're like one of those paper matches, man. They flare up real fast. And then, you know, they, they nearly go out, man. Proving yourself is not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to put some effort into this. Okay. You're going to have to put some effort into it. And because it doesn't happen overnight, you'll either use that as a reason to keep going or an excuse to quit. It'll be one of the two. Which one will it be for you? I'm telling you right now that your relationship with God is not going to mature by the end of this service. Now you may, your appetite may be whetted or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can happen, but you're not going to become who you want to be after a service or it's going to take a long, long time. And you know what? Most people give up. I'm not saying that they're not saved. There's many passages in the Bible that speak that some people are going to base and I'm vastly paraphrasing, but it says some people will get to heaven by sliding in by the skin of their teeth. I don't really want to be that. I don't. But becoming mature is not going to happen overnight. And a lot of people, man, they're gung-ho and they, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do this. And, and when they don't see immediate results, when, when, when they really don't, when, when, the, when the sulfur burns out and the, the flame starts to die down, they just start to quit. God's not going to move you forward till you do what he's already asked you to do. And becoming mature or proving yourself is not going to happen overnight. The third thing that you need to know is that the areas you need to work on lie on the other side of your greatest fear. I talked about that this morning. You know, understand this. Danger is real. Fear is usually not, okay? Danger is real. Fear is not, okay? We're scared that we're gonna be hurt if we love people the way Jesus told us to love people, okay? That's That's not a dangerous thing. That is just our fear holding us back, okay? Danger is real, okay? You don't need to jump out of an airplane without a parachute on. You probably don't even need to jump out of an airplane with a parachute on, okay? That's dangerous. But loving people, man, we're just scared of it. It's just the fear. And that's the type of fear that God said that we don't have to be afraid of. God will not move you forward until you do what he's already asked you to do. Proving yourself will not happen overnight. Are you gonna use that as as fuel to keep going? Or as an excuse to quit. The areas that you need to work on lie just on the other side of what you're most afraid of. And the fourth thing, nobody can do this for you. Nobody can do this for you. See, a, a lot of people say, you know, we keep waiting on other people to change. Well, if they would just stop acting like that, it'd make it easier for me to love them. <laughs> that don't fly with God. That don't fly with God at all. Nobody can do this for you. We can help you. We can come alongside of you. But y'all know my, my little Galatians verse that says that, uh, you know, we can snub for you, but nobody can ride your bronc for you. Okay. We can dust you off. We can get you back in the saddle. We can do a lot of things, but you got to ride this pony called faith. You got to ride this pony called life. You've got to ride this bronc named love. 
And you know what? It's the greatest in the world and it's the hardest in the world. But if you want to mature, you have to understand that nobody can do this for you. You've got to take responsibility for yourself. The fifth thing that you need to understand in your maturation process is just how powerful your thoughts are. Just how powerful your thoughts are. To focus on the faults of others is to reveal the greatest one about ourselves. I mean, are, are your thoughts about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control? Or are your thoughts all day long stuff about, you know, griping and complaining? Man, man your life is going to go where your thoughts go. Okay. And for most of us, we're going to have to train ourselves to start thinking. And I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. Okay. That's not what I'm talking about, but we got to learn to love others like Christ loved them. You know, even as they were nailing him to the cross, Jesus said, man, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was still loving on them then. And ain't none of us been nailed to a cross, but we got to watch how we think and we got to change do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to start thinking about things that God says to think about. And the last thing that I'm going to talk about is probably the hardest one of all. If you are not willing to love foolishly, you're not willing to love at all. If you're not willing to love foolishly, you're not willing to love at all. Love foolishly. Love because of who you are and the love that Jesus has for you. Don't love people because of what they do or, or who they are. Love foolishly. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. And you know what? Nothing will make fools out of us like love will. Nothing will make fools out of us. But if you're not willing to love foolishly, you're not willing to mature. You're not willing to grow. You're not willing to prove yourself. See, I believe that love is the refiner's fire that will make us mature and prove that who we say we are is who we are. I mean, we can go to church and we can do all this stuff, man. But, but if you're really ready, if you're really serious about moving on, about maturing, of proving yourself, of becoming a hand, you got to start loving people. And I'm not talking, and, and, and I know, man, I ain't talking about just running out there hugging people at random, okay? That ain't what I'm talking about. You know, start, start with your spouse. Love them like you would want to be loved. Didn't Jesus say, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? But most of the time we turn the route, that around and we love people like they do us. So if, if you're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. That's not what Jesus said, man. It's not what Jesus said. Love is the refiner's fire. It is the difference maker. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10. God says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. Well, what does suffering have to do with love? Why did Jesus suffer? Because he loved us, right? Man, if you love, you're going to suffer. If you love, you're going to grow. And if you love, you'll experience things that you will not be able to experience any other way. Any other way. Love is the refiner's fire. It tests our metal. Shows us what we're really made of. In Zechariah 13, 9, I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. Isn't that what we're all looking for? I will say, these are my people and they will say, the Lord is our God. But can you love? We can dress up all we want, but the proof is in the love. Job twenty three ten. but he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, 
I will come out pure as gold. Man, love is the test. Love is the test. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13. But in the end, these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. We all need to prove ourselves. We all need to become hands. We all need to mature. We need to go beyond the basics. And some of you, man, if you're just starting out, the basics are fine. And we'll continue to touch on those. But we're not going to stay put right where we are. We want to see what's over that next hill and gather as many in the lost as we can so that when Jesus comes back, we'll all spend eternity together in heaven. Let's go to him in prayer. God, you're a great God and you only want what's best for us. And the best for us is nothing more than you. But we can't get to you on our own. We need a savior that can fill in our gaps and teach us how to love. But the willingness to love is also a willingness to suffer. Help us prove ourselves to you and others that what we believe is genuine so that on that day that we stand before you, we can have hope and confidence that what we put our faith in was not in vain. Thank you for loving us with the love that you suffered and died for. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, Cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.